Amen. Well, we will dismiss our kids this morning to Kids Church. And as our kids are being dismissed to Kids Church, I want to encourage uh, all of the moms here this morning. Uh, I'm sure there have been times, and I'm sure there are times, whenever you as a mom uh, feel like a complete and utter failure. Am I right? Have any moms ever felt like that? Well, uh, I'm going to tell a a couple stories this morning, uh, and I didn't get my mom's permission, so I hope I don't get in trouble on this Mother's Day. Uh, But there is, uh, I can promise you, Uh, that God's grace is bigger than your failures. Uh, There was a time uh, whenever my mom uh, lost me when I was an infant in the bedroom under a bed. Uh, Sherry was there. Uh, She had laid me on the bed. uh, I I uh, had not yet learned how to crawl or walk or anything like that, so she said, I'll lay him on this giant king-size bed in the middle of the bed and I'll put a chair up against the edge of the bed. So if he does roll, he'll be fine. And, and so, you know, they laid me in the bed and, and, you know, left the room as I was sleeping. And they heard me crying, so they came to check on me and couldn't find me. And they knew I was there because they could hear me, but they couldn't find me. And they, they found me sometime later underneath the bed because I had rolled off the bed, I had hit the the back of the chair, fell on the floor, and rolled under the bed. And so, I can promise you, it's going to be okay. Uh, There was a time whenever I was in kindergarten, and the principal told my mom that, you know, kindergarten is not mandatory at this age. That, That, you know, they can they can start, why don't, why don't we start him in first grade? Why don't we just take him home? And, and she said, well, well, do I have to? She said, well, you don't, you don't have to take him out, but if you don't take him out, then we're going to kick him out. And so she said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take him. We're, we're, we're good. And so uh, standing up here this morning as a pastor who has had uh, an encounter with the grace of God, I can promise you, that, that God is able to take even your failures and even your mistakes and redeem those. He's able to take, and He's able to take that which is broken and that which is a mess, and He's able to make something beautiful out of it. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read one verse this morning, chapter 5. I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 5. <clears throat> Paul is encouraging, this is, this is Paul's last letter that he will write to Timothy. Uh, Timothy is uh, a young man in the ministry. Paul is at the end of his life, and he is writing this letter to Timothy from prison, knowing that, that he is about to be executed, knowing that his time is drawing near. And 2 Timothy is, is somewhat of a, of a last will and testament, if you will, for, for Paul to Timothy. And he writes this to Timothy, encouraging Timothy in verse 5. He says, I am mindful of your sincere faith within you. And that faith which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. 
Let's pray. God, we pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. Lord, may you encourage all of the mothers here this morning. May you realize, may we realize that that mothers are a gift to us from you. Lord, while we do want to honor our mothers, Lord, may we not may we not worship the gift above the giver. Lord, may we understand that this is a blessing, that mothers are a blessing from you. Lord, and may all of our moms this morning be encouraged by the word of God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, as we, as we finish out this, this series on families, we talked about what it means for children to obey their, uh, obey their parents and honor their father and mother. We talked about what it meant last week for fathers uh, to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, what, uh, what the importance of a father in the life of a child was. And today we're going to be looking at motherhood. And so I pray that whenever you leave here today, that we will understand uh, what it means to be a biblical mom, what it means to be a biblical wife, and what it means to be a biblical mom. And so I want us to understand, first and foremost, that it is God's desire that, that the husband be the leader of the home, that it is God's desire for husband and wife to raise their children, to to love the Lord, to serve the Lord. But as we see through this fallen world, that the desires of God and the, the, the plans of God are often twisted and distorted because of the consequences of sin. And I want us to understand, I want us to understand that while it is God's desire and God's design for mom and dad to raise the children and for them to be intricately involved in their lives and for them to both love the Lord, serve the Lord, honor the Lord, that sometimes in the fallen world, in the world that we live in that is, that is plagued with sin and plagued with the consequences of sin, that sometimes things don't work out the way that, that, that they were originally designed because sin is a distortion and a twisting of God's truth. I want to point your attention to the book of Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, Paul is giving us an account of the life and the heritage of Timothy. And he says, He came also to Derbe and to Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple there was named Timothy. And he was the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. So we know this about Timothy, that his mom and his grandmother loved the Lord, but his dad was a pagan. And so for all of those, you know, we, last week was a hard sermon. Last week was a hard message, especially for those single moms, or especially for those, those moms and those wives of, of unbelieving husbands. This is an encouragement to you, that even in the midst of the consequences of sin, God is a God of redemption, God is a God of grace, God is a God of mercy. And if God can take Timothy, whose dad was a pagan, and He can take Him and use Him for His glory, then God can take your circumstances and God can redeem them. So I want us to understand that God has a purpose and He has a plan for you and for your children. And even though Timothy's father was a Greek, even though Timothy's father was a pagan, the lack of the the godly leadership from the father role does not absolve mom from leading and raising her children. The Great Commission is God's call to all believers. And I want us to understand 
that the Great Commission must begin at home. We talked about a, a couple weeks ago as we finished the book of Matthew, we talked about the Great Commission. And we looked at the very first, the very first participle in the Great Commission. As you go, make disciples. As you are going, as you are going to the supermarket, as you are going to the ball field, as you are going to the schoolhouse, as you are going, as you are living your life, that you are to make disciples. How you are to teach them to observe all that I have committed. You are to baptize them. There is a, there is a process... There is a process of making disciples, and it begins as we are living our lives. Well, where do we live the majority of our lives? At home. And so moms, as you are raising your children, as you are teaching, as you are feeding them macaroni and fish sticks, as you are putting on band-aids, and as you are are taking and driving them to and from school and to and from ball practice, it is a responsibility for us to understand that the Great Commission begins at home. Acts chapter 1.8 says this. It says, and you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And there is a reality that, that the gospel must start in the center, in, in the center and it, 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 it reverberates outward. And so the idea that, that the, author of Luke, uh, the author of Acts, Luke, is trying to convey is that as the gospel began, it began in the epicenter where, where the disciples were. It began in Jerusalem and then moved to Judea and then moved to Samaria and then moved to the, inner, to, to the, uh, to the outermost parts of the earth. And so here is the, the application for us as moms. The gospel must begin at home. It must begin in your bedrooms, in your living rooms, in your kitchen, and then to the schoolhouse and the supermarket and the workplace to the ends of the earth. That's the principle, that the Great Commission must start at home. It's easy in 2017 for us to emphasize education, and I don't want to minimize education. As moms and dads, we have a responsibility to educate our children, to teach them to read, to write, and to do arithmetic. We have a responsibility so that whenever they leave our house, that they will be actually, actually be able to leave our house and we can get them off the payroll. That they can, that they can have gainful employment and that they can be, be contributing members of society. That is an important aspect of our responsibility as parents is to educate our children. And I don't believe that there's anyone in here who desires their children on the other side of, 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 of being raised and growing up that they be ignorant and that they be uneducated. But I want us to understand that our role as moms, our role as dads, our role as parents is not primarily to educate our children. It is not simply to set them up for success. The, ed, the, the primary responsibility of parenthood is not to keep your children alive. It is not for their health. While that would be helpful, it would be awfully difficult for us as, as parents to, to send these, these arrows, as, as we talked about in Proverbs chapter 26, children are a blessing from the Lord, like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior, so are the children of one's youth. It's going to be awful hard to send these arrows into the world to be, to be that which penetrates the darkness if, if we don't keep them alive and don't keep them healthy and don't educate them, your role as a mom is not to make your kids happy. While I know it makes life much easier when they are happy, 
Your primary responsibility as a mom is not to make your children happy. Your primary responsibility as a mom is to make your children holy. That they may know the Lord, that they may love the Lord, that they may serve the Lord. It's easy to emphasize education, success, happiness, but God has called us to raise them not to be happy kids, not to be successful kids, not to be smart kids, but God has raised, has called us and has commissioned us to raise them to be holy and to love the Lord. Proverbs chapter 31 gives us an account of a wife and a mother who loves the Lord. And I want to read just a few passages out of Proverbs chapter 31, verses 26 and 27. The Scripture tells us that this, this model mom, this model wife, she opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. There is a tremendous amount in this very small passage, but I want to I dissect just a few things. If our desire if our desire is to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, in the love of the Lord, in His teachings, in His righteousness, then we must do a few things. We must teach our children to work. Notice in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 27, it says, The mother does not eat the hand of, I'm sorry, does not eat the bread of idleness. We must teach our children to work, mom. Mom, we do our daughters no favor, we do our sons no favor if we always make their bed, we always do the laundry, we always clean the dishes, we always empty the dishwasher, we always cut the lawn. If we do the work for them, then we do our children no favors. We are not preparing them to be men and women who love the Lord and serve the Lord. I want to point out a passage of Scripture to you in Proverbs chapter 6. My wife and I have this discussion on a regular basis because my wife, uh, and I love my wife, and, and, and she is a, a, a treasure and a gift to me, but there are, times that, that there are times whenever my wife, she says, but they're tired, they don't want to clean their room, or they don't want to do this, I'll just do it for them. It's easier for me to do it, right? It's easier for you to do it than it is for you to teach your children because what do you have to do after they do it? You've got to go back and do it again anyway, right? And, and I remember whenever we taught Daniel how to cut the grass, it was, about, it was about six or seven times whenever we could finally send him out to cut the grass and not have to cut the grass again after he cut the grass. But, but we were doing him no favors if we just said, oh, it, it's easier for me just to cut the grass. It's easier for me just to go make their beds. It's easier for me just to go clean their rooms. We are teaching them to be lazy. Scripture says this of those who are lazy, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. He says, consider the ant, you sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, no officer or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provisions in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard, and when will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come upon you like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. Proverbs chapter 15. Solomon says this in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 19. He says this. He says, The way of the sluggard, the way of the slothful, or the lazy, is a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. 
We have a responsibility as moms to teach our children to work, to teach our children responsibility, to teach our children to do for themselves. We have a responsibility not only to teach our children to work, but we have a responsibility to teach our children to love. Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus said this when he was asked about what is the greatest commandment. He said that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Moms, we must teach our children to love. To love not only only the Lord, but to love others. We must teach them to be gracious and to be kind and to be forgiving and to be benevolent. We must teach them to love. How will they learn to love but when they see us loving? Do they see you as a mom being someone who is compassionate and gracious to others? Do they see you as a mom who is someone who gives out of the abundance with with which God has given you? Do they see you as a mom, someone who gives to the church, someone who gives to the poor, someone who gives to the needy? Do they see you as a mom, someone who forgives, trespasses against herself? Do they see you loving others? Moms, do they see you loving your husbands? Your daughters are going to learn what it means to be a godly wife by watching how you love your husband. By watching how you serve him, how you submit to him, how you honor him, how you cherish him. They will will learn what it means to love their children by watching how you love them and how you serve them. They will watch what it means to teach their children, watching how you teach them. Children learn by three very succinct ways. Listen to me well. Children learn by example, example, example. They will do what they have seen done. You can can have all of the, the pious platitudes in the world. You can teach them all of the Bible verses, all of the stories. You can teach them everything that you think you've taught them, but they're going to emulate what they see. Not only must we teach our children to work, we must teach our children to love, but we must teach our children to pray. Mark chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Jesus set aside, he said, he said, pray then this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into, tempta- into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As Jesus set aside his disciples, He did one thing. He said, teach them to pray. He said, pray like this. And he taught them. And then he modeled that. He went away, as was a regular custom, and prayed. Right before he died, what did Jesus do? He went away to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, you wait here. I'm going on to pray. And he came back and he said, you're sleeping. Keep watch. Pray. I'm going ahead to pray. He did that three times. Jesus was about prayer. He was always before his father in prayer. And as a mom, we must teach our children to pray. And remember, our children learn by example, example, example. So how do we teach our children to pray? We pray in front of them. We pray with them. Whenever something catastrophic happens in our life, the first thing our children need to see us do is hit our knees and pray. Whenever there's loss and there's difficulty and there's tribulation in our lives, the first thing our children need to see from us as moms is prayer. 
Every night whenever we go to bed, our children need to see us praying. Every morning whenever we wake up, our children need to see us on our knees before God. Our children need to learn what it means to pray. I want us to note something as we go back to our original text. Paul writes to Timothy and he says this. In 2 Timothy chapter 5, he says, I have seen your sincere faith. I am mindful of your sincere faith that is within you. And he says this. He says, I first, I first saw this faith within your grandmother Lois and within your mother Eunice. It's interesting that the faith of these women were evident within them. Paul recognized the faith of Lois. He recognized the faith of Eunice. He recognized the faith of these women. Why? Because it was evident in them. Now here's the question I have to you, Mom. Do people recognize your faith? Because whenever we get to Acts chapter 16, as Paul is talking about the lineage of Timothy, he said this, he said, now Timothy's father was a pagan, but his mother was a Jew who believed. His mother was a pious, a holy, a righteous woman who believed in the gospel of Jesus, who believed that Jesus was the fulfillment of Scripture that was evident in her life. And so here's the question I have to you, Mom. Is it evident in your life that that you are a woman of faith? Is it evident to your children? Is it evident to your co-workers? Is it evident to your family members? The faith of these women were evident in their lives. What's interesting is our children know what is important to us, don't they? You ask my kids, if you ask them, they said, what, what, what are some of your dad's favorite things? They'll probably say something like LSU football, or LSU baseball, or LSU, or, or something purple and gold. You ask them what dad's favorite colors is, I can tell you that they're going to say purple and gold. You ask them what does dad like to do, they're going to say, well, he likes to hunt, he likes to fish, he likes to go to LSU stuff. They, they, they know what, what, what is important to us. You ask your children, what is it? You want to know the legacy you're leaving behind? Ask your children, what is it that mom and dad love? What is it that's most important to us? Ask your children this question. It'll be very telling. Who does dad love the most? Who does mom love the most? Ask them these questions. What does dad love to do? What does mom love to do? This will be insightful for you because it will communicate what it is that you are communicating by your life. And I pray, I pray that that on the other side, of my children growing up, that they will not only know that dad loves LSU and not only know that dad loves to hunt and fish, but they will know that dad loves Jesus. That dad, that, that dad has a desire to serve God and has a desire to honor God with his life. What we love, what we cherish, is evident in our lives. Do you love God? Do you love his word? It's interesting that the scripture tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 5, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, that, that 
Timothy was raised up in faith. It says, I am mindful of the sincere faith that is within you, which was first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you. And then he goes on and he says, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which was in you through the laying on of hands. And so, so Paul recognizes that in Timothy's life that there was a legacy of faith that Lois, his grandmother, and Eunice, his mother, taught him the Word of God. Well, this is something that, that, that we need to understand, Mom, that it is our responsibility to teach our children the Word of God. As Anna and Stephen sat up here, and Courtney and AJ sat up here, I charge them to recognize that it is their responsibility to teach their children the Word of God. We gave those, those, those children a Bible and we said it's important for you to teach them the precepts and the truths that are found in this Word. Well, here's the caveat, Mom. In order for you to teach your children the Word of God, you have to know the Word of God. It is not the responsibility of the church to teach your children the Word of God. It is the responsibility of mom and dad to teach the children the Word of God. It is not the responsibility of the Sunday school class or the school to teach your children the Word of God. It is the responsibility of mom to teach your children the Word of God. And you cannot teach your children what you do not know. The only way that your children are going to know the Word of God is if you instill it in them. The only way that they're going to learn the truths and the principles that are found in God's Word is if you teach it to them. And the only way you'll be able to teach it to them is if you know it. Joshua chapter 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to observe all that is written within it. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have success. Mom, it is so important that you understand and that you know the Word of God. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which bears its fruit in and out of season. We must know the Word of God in order to teach our children the Word of God. There are teachable moments. Whenever your children, they come to you and they they ask you questions. And if you don't know the Word of God, you will not be able to instill the Word of God within them. We must know the Word of God in order to teach the Word of God. But I believe the greatest things that you can teach your children is not only the stories of God's Word, but the Gospel of God's grace. There was a few years ago, whenever my wife had our kids uh, in the grocery store. And if you're a mom and you take all of your children grocery shopping, uh, you are a brave, brave soul. Uh, especially if you've got more than, more than two, more than one. Uh, if you take two or three kids grocery shopping, uh, you deserve a, a medal of honor. You deserve a purple heart. You deserve a silver star. You deserve it all. Because as you are shopping and you're, you're trying to make sure you get everything on the list and you're trying to keep your children from, from opening everything that's in the cart and, and, and eating it and you're trying to keep your children from, from running through the grocery store acting like, acting like wild banshees like they don't have a mom and dad at home and you're, you're, you're trying to, to do everything you can to wrangle these children. It's like herding cats. And as you go through the grocery store, there's a, there is going to come a day whenever you decide, you know what? You know, 
it's okay. In the wild, there are many mothers that eat their young. And, 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 and that's okay. And, and you know, you know, you know a motherhood's not for everyone, and, and there, are, there are opportunities for adoption, and, and that's okay. Well, my wife had had one of those experiences. And she, she, she tells Nicholas, our baby, she says, she, she pulls him real close and she says, whenever we get home, she goes, I am going to spank you. Now you stand right here next to me. And, and at that time, Anna, who's a couple of years older, eyes well up with tears. Because she knows what's coming because she's been on the receiving end of those, of those spankings. And, and she looks at, at Natalie and she says, Mom, whenever we get home, will you spank me instead of Nicholas? Now, whenever we got home, she, she clearly reneged and, and, and said, oh, no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I was just joking. I didn't really mean that. But there are those moments as a mom whenever you have to teach your children of the gospel. Your children need to know that God created the heavens and the earth. They need to know that all things were made were made. All things that were made were made by Him and there's nothing that was made that was made apart from Him. They need to know the story of Noah's Ark. They need to know the story of David and Goliath. They need to know that that God parted the Red Sea. They need to know about the Ten Commandments. They need to know the stories of God. They need to know that Jesus walked on water, that He fed 5,000, that that He calmed the storm. They need to know these stories, but they need to know the Gospel. They need to know the gospel of grace that God said, yes, you deserve wrath. That because of sin, that you are all liars and cheats and and you inherited the plague and the, the disease of sin. But by His great love, God sent Jesus to take our place. And the wrath of God that was due us, the wrath of God that was due you and I, was laid upon Jesus, and as He hung upon the cross, and He said, it is finished, He fully satisfied the wrath of God. And that moment, whenever Anna said, Mom, will you spank me instead of Nicholas? That was that moment where we got to to clearly and succinctly articulate the Gospel of grace. As you... Teach your children. Yes, you need to teach them to work. Yes, you need to teach them to love. Yes, you need to teach them to pray. You need to lead by example. But mom, you need to teach your children the gospel. And the only way you can teach your children the gospel is if you have received the gospel. If you have experienced the gospel of grace. Because you can't teach them what you don't know. Most important thing you can do as a mom is love Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you for moms. I thank you that in your great grace, you gave us these beautiful, strong, loving, kind women to raise us to protect us. God, I pray that as these moms teach their children, that they would teach them 
to work, that they would teach them to love, that they would teach them to pray. But God, we pray that they would teach them the gospel, that Jesus came to save sinners of whom I am the chiefest of. Maybe this morning your mom and you feel like you failed to teach your children the gospel. God is a God of grace and there is no time like the present to teach your children the gospel. Maybe this morning you realize that, you know, I haven't prayed for my kids like I should. Jesus said, if you confess your sin, then He is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. And that God is a God who is rich in mercy and abounding in loving kindness. And His desire is to bless you. Maybe you feel this morning that you know I haven't done a good job teaching my children how to work, how to love others. Maybe I haven't lived a good example of loving others. Maybe I am judgmental and maybe I am, am short with people and not compassionate and gracious. May today you resolve in your heart I'm going to teach my children to work, work hard. I'm going to teach my children to love. I'm going to teach my children to pray. But most of all, I'm going to teach my children the gospel. Maybe this morning you can't teach your children the gospel because you've never experienced the gospel. You've never experienced the grace of God. If that's you this morning, I want to invite you to come. Maybe God is calling you to be a part of what He's doing right here at Redeemer. Whatever it is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, may today on this Mother's Day, may it be a time when you do business with the Holy Spirit. God, we ask for your freedom in this place this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray.